Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Yahoo, everybody. Oh, 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 sorry. I just kind of blurted that out, Benny. Benny, how are your ears? Did <laughs> I blow good. your ears I'm good. out I'm right good. there? Yeah, yeah. I, got I, you, like, I got you control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yahoo. Oh, I'm so fired up today. I am so thrilled about these conversations we're having. And we're going to actually, we have a special show today at noon. So that you're going to be able to follow us along on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Um, one of the things I love about this is... I. I'm really struck by something, Benny, and I think you heard me talk to Cammy about it before, um, before the, the we came live. What I love now, and I love watching, is the notion that so many people I get to talk with all made the same commitment. And you're probably saying, no, that can't be true. You've interviewed like 9,000 people, Pat. They all talk about different things. But this is the one thing I'm really starting to notice. And I think I can say this uh, very carefully and be maybe 98% accurate. The folks I talk to about the books they write, every single one of them, I believe, for whatever reason, has been in search of the truth about their very specific area of expertise. To go out and want to investigate what the truth might be that's going to help people. See, you can't just say the truth. This is not a journey about, uh, let's just go search for the truth. It's about what can I find in this area that I now know to be true, either demonstrated, either science, common sense, makes the thing happen. I've now found it. And then they take it to the next step. They're like, and now I'm going to share it with the world. Because for many of us, We have been in search of the truth. But when we decide to take that truth and put it in writing, and then the world looks at it, and then the world looks at it as as we were talking about the last show, right? You know, my research on social and psychological contracts. Today, we're talking about the herbal kitchen. But when you decide to look at your life and say, this is what I find, this is what works, I can help people save lives, And I am going to bring that message into the world. That's what we're talking about now. You know, Cammie McBride, the author of The Herbal Kitchen, and for over 30 years, thousands, thousands of families learned to use herbal remedies. Thousands and thousands of years of this, let's just call it history, research, demonstrations, now can be brought to us in our pop culture contemporary time to say we Two, can heal ourselves, can be vibrant, and can be healthy. Today, we're going to take you on a journey that gets past my Italian heritage, that gets past 
you know, my South American roots. It's going to get past all of that. But we are going to talk about garlic and oregano. Cami, great to have you. Hey, it's nice, it's nice to be here. <laughs> Look, do you, I got to ask you, do, do you think I was on track in, in, in the statement I made about, about your search, your search for the truth? And what I mean by the truth, the truth of what's going to help people heal, uh, to live vibrantly, you know, not something that somebody says to you, but something that you've been able to discover, ancient and current, that works. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It is about a discovery of the truth. You know, from my own story, at 19 years old, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor that, um, you know, it wasn't until I met with my surgeon after the surgery at 19 years old, and he said, look, the medication you were taking caused this tumor, this brain tumor, and stop taking that medication. And no one else is going to tell you. Your doctor's not going to tell you. Nobody's going to tell you to read the side effect panel, that little white paper that comes with the medications that you take. You need to read that. <laughs> and so here I was at 19 years old, just like, you know, awoken from this slumber of, you know, standard American symptom suppression. You know, you got a stomachache, take a blue pill. You got a headache, take a red pill, you know, just just suppress whatever symptoms you know are coming your way with the doctor with what the doctors tell you and so here i was i started to look around and i noticed that all my elders were on medications my grandparents that i i loved them and then so i started reading the possible side effects and i'm just like oh my gosh what is happening and so i asked a question I said, isn't there another way? There must be another way. And that question, sometimes it's the questions that you ask that form your life. And asking that question put me on the path of learning about holistic health and herbal medicine. And from 19 years old on, I've dedicated my entire life to really looking at, isn't there another way than symptom suppression? And you know, not that all medications are bad. Sometimes you need them. But to just reach for all the over the people need to know that when you just reach for the over the counter medication or when you're prescribed a medication, you need to do your research, you need to question and you need to ask maybe what is the root cause and ask, is there an herb? Is there something natural that can help me? And so I asked that question. And so now, I don't know, 30 something years later, <laughs> Uh, I have seen the families that I've worked with, you know, I dedicated my life to really learning about herbs and herbal medicine and relearning, reclaiming the language of the earth, right? How to work with the plants to heal ourselves to, on all different levels. And I see, I see these families, I see the kids, I see their, even their grandkids now and how, how confident they feel in not just not just taking the pill, but saying, okay, what herbs can I grow? What herbs can I use? And how can I help myself? Yeah. And so what I love about this is what you just said is really what gets me every day and do what I do to bring this message to the world. Because, you know, I, I think for me, I had to learn the hard way. I mean, I had to, I had to get really, really sick. Never really, six months after starting the show, 2004 never really put a whole body into what I could learn from natural natural living and then I went on a journey and what I learned wasn't from your perspective not from a practitioner perspective but I learned something in a very real way that allows me to be vibrant today after writing this book and I know this is not 
like your first, this is not your first rodeo. I got to ask you the same question that I love asking. What did you discover writing this that gave you like an aha moment? And what I mean by that is, yeah, there are a number of things after 30 years that are not going to surprise you. But when you sit down and put a book like this together, I just wonder what surprises you had, what discoveries you made that you sat back in your chair and said, whoa, I got to put that in my book. Right. You know, one of the things is, is that most, most of us, you know, so many of us listening, listening and here right now have experienced what I call cultural disruption, mm-hmm. where the medicinal foods, the medicinal herbs, it, we, you know, we, we fell in love with the pharmaceutical companies and the um, industrial food distribution, and we lost it. We let go of our history, our heritage, you know, generational heritage, even thousands of years of heritage passed down generation after, because health is not something that you learn in your, in one lifetime. It's a generational art, art, it's generational knowledge. And we just let it, I mean, my grandmother just let it go overnight, boom. <laughs> and so what I listen to people say over and over and over again is, Oh, I don't know anything about herbs. Oh, herbal medicine, that's too complicated. It's too overwhelming. There's too many, well, you know. And then when I would dig, you know, I, I, I learned early on in my teaching that you start where people are at. You just like find out where they're at. And then in the next sentence, people would say, oh my God, I love garlic. <laughs> <laughs> I love my pesto. I love my basil. Oh, I love it. And it's like, I realized that everybody actually really does have herbal medicine in place. You know, there is, there are relics you know, uh, oh, I always use ginger with my fish, or oh, I always use mint with my lamb, or I always use oregano in my in my um, spaghetti sauce. That is your tradition, your heritage of using herbs in your food, not just for flavor, but for healing. But we just have these little tiny packets of knowledge, but it's still there. And so what I wanted to focus on when I wrote The Herbal Kitchen was that you are already doing it. You're actually already still practicing home herbalism kitchen medicine, kitchen herbal medicine, just by the, the the herbs that you put into your food and to just help people remember that and and feel and help them feel like, oh, I can just, I don't have to learn about, you know, whatever, some herb that I can't even pronounce the name of, right? I can just start with the cinnamon that I used to love to put on my toast, right? Or the thyme that I love to put in my spaghetti sauce. And so it's a very, uh, it, it just became a very empowering process to help people realize that they're already doing it. We just have to remember why we're doing it and why the herbs are so good for us and just do it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm starting to hear more and more, and we're gonna talk about some of this as, as throughout the interview today. I'm hearing more and more about herbs that may be new to some of us, may not new to you, but maybe new to some of us, but in other parts of the world are not, right? And so today we're going to take folks on a journey as to how it is we are now catching up on some of the herbs, some of the just amazing things that people that live in cultures, cultures like South Africa, you know, where things are natural to them that they've been using for thousands of years, we're now finding out about. And we're now finding out about the property. But outside of that, what is it that you today, right now, what is it you want to go out and get and make sure you have in your kitchen? 
We're going to take you through this journey. This book is fabulous, The Herbal Kitchen. We're going to talk about water, herbal waters. We're going to talk about washes. And we're going to talk about one of the favorite things Linda loves. I think she's like addicted to it. Vinegar. We'll be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. Have you ever heard of the 90-10 rule? It goes like this. 90% of the time, no one is thinking of you. 90% of the time, everyone's thinking about themselves. And if you think of it like that, it takes the weight off because now you're not being judged. I'm Megan Edge. I'd love for you to join me on Playing on the Edge Radio, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Radio FM. Learn and explore fascinating and practical uses of essential oils, how to use them, and how they can enhance your everyday life. The Oil Lounge was founded by three remarkable women with fascinating stories about how essential oils changed their lives. Tina and Laura from The Karmic Path have joined forces to educate the masses in the benefits of Young Living Essential Oils. For more information, visit theoillounge.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Love it. Cammy McBride joining me here today. The book is The Herbal Kitchen. And, you know, one of the things that I, I'm always fascinated, Benny, by what I don't know. Totally fascinated by what I don't know. A uh, couple things are happening here today. And I, I know we've got two copies of the book to give away. So let's go ahead and do that. Give away the first copy. 1-800-930-2819. 930 and then the other thing is, if you go to the website, this is like a free gift, like for everybody. Um, if you go to the website, turmericsessions.com, 
com slash free gift, uh, you're going to get a mini e-course. I love it. But two copies of the book, we're going to start off with one. Before we do this, uh, Cami, okay, how can people get their own copy of the book? And how can they find about you, your work, and what you do to help us be vibrant? Yeah, I'm at CamiMcBride.com, K-A-M-I, McBride.com. And I have all kinds of free resources and recipes and remedies and online courses and you know, just all kinds of resources to help you with wherever you're at on your herbal home herbalism journey. If you're very beginning or you're in, intermediate, just all, all kinds of resources to help you just get started using herbs in your everyday life. And it's CamiMcBride.com. Awesome. Okay. I, I think the best place to start, I would say, is let's start with what I think is my question from before. There are some cultures that have been using herbs in their kitchens for thousands of years. And they are just starting now to come around to a more general population, right? And in the book, I know, I know there are some that I can call out, but I don't want my opinion. I want yours. What would you say are some of the herbs that you would identify as those that are so super ancient, right, that are now making their way to more mainstream cultures across the globe? Well, the thing is, you have a spice rack. So I don't know what you have in your spice rack. Maybe it's just pepper and cinnamon and chili pepper, you know, or maybe you have one of those spice racks where you open the cabinet and things kind of fall out <laughs> right everybody has some sort of spice rack kitchen herbs like i said even if it's pepper and those herbs and spices they aren't just you know we tend to think of them there for flavor you know i'm having a barbecue or you know i'm i'm um, making a thyme chicken or something they're not just there for flavor. Those herbs and spices are relics of your home apothecary that have been passed down for generations. It's just that now we've like relegated them to the, the kitchen flavor spice rack. But if you dig into any one of those, you know, whether it be paprika or pepper or cloves, they have a very, very long history of being used. You know, it's part of our heritage as humans is using herbs and spices to keep us well. So you open up your, you look at that spice rack and you know that any one of those herbs has a long, long history of being used to help keep us well. And the thing is, is that your spice rack is not just for flavor. All of the herbs and spices in your spice rack, whether it be parsley, sage, rosemary, or cinnamon, clove, ginger, all of those herbs are what we call carminatives. They're carminative herbs, and that's C-A-R-M-I-N-A-T-I-V-E, carminative. And the thing about carmin, and that's why they're there. Out of all the hundreds of thousands of plants that could be in your kitchen spice rack, they're there because they're carminatives. Black pepper is one of the most powerful herbal carminatives. Now, what's a carminative? Carminatives are plants that increase the flow of blood energy and oxygen to the digestive tract to help you digest your food. It's really simple, but we just forgot. So the thing is, is that digesting your food, you know, whether you're, you know, you want to talk about Western herbalism, Ayurveda, Chinese herbalism, herb, you know, medicines from all over the world, 
holistic medicines talk about digestion being the root of all health. And so it's, it's the reason why we have so many herbs and spices that support our digestion. And when you put these carminative herbs into your food every day, they increase your digestive capacity. And what that means is that you make healthier cells, is that it means you that you're not just using your own body to digest your food, you're using herbs and spices. So at, what that means is at the end of the day, you actually have more energy because the herbs and spices helped you. So really what I want to convey here is just a, re a reorientation to those herbs and spices that are in your, in your kitchen spice rack or your kitchen cupboard. They're powerful herbal medicines. They all have many, many uses, but the main use that they have and the reason they're in your kitchen is to help you to digest your food so that you make healthier cells and that you get more nutrition out of your food. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm spending <laughs> more and more money on food these days, <laughs> right? And if there is one thing that can help you get more digestion, I mean, if you can learn one thing today that helps you get more um, nutrition out of your food um, using these herbal carminatives, that's that's a huge hack. That's an incredible kitchen health hack that um, that's just really, really valuable that I think we've forgotten. Oh. I got a question for you. Thanks. What you said was so very important. And yet it's right under, okay, no pun intended with the pepper. <laughs> it's right under a nose. It's true. It's right under a nose. Okay, I want to go back to your question. What yeah. you, you said, what was my aha when I wrote yeah. the book? Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you the aha. The aha was, oh my gosh, <laughs> these herbs and spices, they're right under our nose and they're just sitting there waiting for us to remember. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because I, 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 I didn't know I was going to go in this direction with you, but it's really important. Um, my grandma, um, I, I'm sure my grandma was like everybody else's grandma at some level. Ancient remedies, ancient things brought forward, right? Uh, right? Grandmas do that. Generations do that. Because once upon a time, we actually cooked in the kitchen. Like we actually, actually bought things that were fresh and we actually cooked, right? My fear, and this is my fear, that if we don't continue the dialogue the way that you're doing, my fear is those things that our grandmas or our great grandmas, or even in some cases, our parents brought forward with the history of herbs, with the history of wellness, will soon be eliminated from our culture, except if we read a book. And I think I have a really healthy fear around that because when I read your book, clearly anyone that has ever eaten like some kind of Italian or South American thing, you know what various forms of pepper is. Not mm -hmm. just the various forms you put in a bottle and shake, but literally you're growing these peppers. They're like so hot. And then you grind them up because that's what grandma did. And you grind them up and there they go. Here's my question for you as, as we take a look at this. First of all, let me commend you for the book. What you've been able to put in this book and how you've been able to put, put it in this book. It's one of these things where I get a book like this and I have to start reading it from beginning to end. 
And then I get to the getting started part that you have <laughs> in the book. Because a lot of the books that are written about this, Cami, a lot of the books that are written, they take you through the education and they don't take you through the implementation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. How important was that for you to make sure you did in this book? Because you could have just wrote a book with everything you've ever discovered and say, yeah, this is it. But you didn't. Like not even halfway through the book, you're like, okay, we're going to do something now. Yeah, you know, it's it's just, it's really about bringing, like you, you, you really hit on it when you said, you know, it, once upon a time, we used to get in the kitchen and cook, right? <laughs> and we have this sensorial memory relationship with, you know, whatever it was, whatever that was that your grandma cooked in the kitchen, that's, that's your heritage. And one of the, really the tragedies of the last 70 years or 100 years in this country for some cultures, not all, but some cultures is the loss of all of those soups and, 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 and medicines and remedies they're just like i was saying earlier they're just gone overnight and so one of the one of the pieces of homework that i give all of my students is to go and if there's a remedy if there's sometimes they're hidden in the comfort food that you eat at a holiday right to go and interview that aunt that's still alive or that you know that friend of your grandma or if you have a grand anybody that's still alive that might have a thread to the past of the kitchen and food and medicine wisdom and, and to go back and to get that thread because what we're doing is we're having so many of us are having just I had to start from scratch you know so many fans that's why we're so afraid that's why we we do whatever experiment the the doctors are throwing at us because we don't have we don't have that lineage that backup that confidence right and the one thing I've seen is my students who are raised, who were, who grew up with herbal remedies, you know, their grandmother, their aunt, or their uncle, whatever, they have so much more confidence and empowerment and self-esteem to be able to use herbs and natural remedies to heal themselves than, than the families that I know that are starting from scratch. And so the sooner you can start to put that back into place, to put that heritage back into the place, the better it's going to be for you, your family, for the next, for your children. My really big, big thing is get the herbs into your everyday lifestyle. Get the herbs on the table, into your food, all around so that the young ones, the next generation can pick this up without having to start from scratch and, and you know, not be part of the current horrific medical statistics, the statistics, health statistics in this country right now where you have... Um, you know, the health organization talking wow. about th this generation might not outlive, you know, have as long of a lifespan as their parents, you yeah. know, and they just the epidemic of disease among young people. And so you can turn that around right now by just getting started bringing herbs, using the, the herbs. You don't have to learn about a new herb. You could just use what's in your spice rack right now. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. When we come back, we're going to talk about that. We're going to pull right from the book. We're going to talk about what are some of the things you can pull right off of your spice rack and start to implement. And what do I mean by that? Implement in food, implement in a smoothie, implement in a tea, implement in a muscle rub. And then what are some of the others that you probably should be thinking, I need to run out and get that. Or perhaps maybe I need to grow that. Mm. And let's talk about one of the more, I think, controversial and famous of the Italian 
I got to say it, almost in, no, I'm not going to say every, but I got to tell you, if you live in the south of Italy, this <laughs> herb, this is in there. And it's not garlic. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. In the 70s, Dudley and Dean Evanson traveled the country in a converted school bus with their growing family, documenting the new consciousness that was emerging. Through this adventure, a movement of sound healing was born. Now, Soundings of the Planet is celebrating 40 years of peace through music. Listen to their music for free on all streaming services. Search Dean Evanson to access their expansive catalog on Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, and YouTube. Visit soundings.com for more info, their blog, podcast, Quieting the Monkey Mind book excerpts, free downloads, and more. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Introducing the Lucid Planet, a digital gathering place featuring cutting-edge, high-vibrational content that will empower and inspire you to become the greatest version of yourself. Visit the Lucid Planet today to stimulate your mind, body, and soul as you connect with a global community of like-minded people. The Lucid Planet is edited by renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff, who is here to help you cope with anxiety, connect to your higher purpose, uncover your true passions, and live your dreams. Dr. Kelly's fresh, compassionate perspective emphasizes growth, transformation, healing, and thriving, even in the face of adversity. Say goodbye to bad news and low vibrational media for good and become part of the larger collective of people working together to navigate the global shift of consciousness and transform the world from within. Join the planet, the Lucid Planet. Visit thelucidplanet.com. Welcome home. I can tell you who that is. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I can tell you who that is. As a matter of fact, I tried to reach out to her. I, I hope I'm going to get this right. Connie Francis, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. 
you know, she brought Italian back to the, to the 50s. Mm. Oh, my God. But look, I got to tell you, I know we're joking a little bit about this, Cammy, but before we talk about the reference I made, that's not garlic. Again, how can people get a copy of the book? Thank you, Benny. How can people get a copy of the book and how can they find out more about you? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm at CammyMcBride.com and you can, um, and also the Herbal Kitchen's available on any, all books, you know, online and bookstores. And then I also have a free gift um, that if people want to, um, the turmeric, what is the, <laughs> what is that what is that uh, win for? Uh, let, let me let me do it for you. Uh, yeah, let, let let me do it for you because you know basically I love this. I've already gone here and signed up for it. So oh, basically, great. the way everybody you want to do it is look, turmeric sessions with an s dot com, and if you go there slash free gift, you're going to be able to get the mini e course. Go ahead and sign up, and the course will come right to you in your email. So it's very cool. Um, couple things I, I want to go back to that that little Italian story but I, I don't think that it's just an Italian story so the reference that I was making was a staple in our family in almost anything that was read I just I'm just going to say it like that almost anything that was read and almost anything that had a clear broth in it so like if you made like a clear broth some kind of clear broth kind of thing like a soup or something and so can you guess what that is, Cammy? Which herb you put in there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oregano, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's of it. Of course. Okay. Fast forward to where we are today. So I consider this an ancient herb, and I think many people would. But where we are today, it has a new revitalized, uh, let's just say, kind of elevation. Tell us about the properties of oregano for people that may not know. Oh, oregano is amazing. And just, you know, just want to make sure we're not talking about oregano oil here. No, no, no. We're talking about that, that, that green herb that grows in your garden that you get at the grocery store, you know, dried oregano. And that plant, what, oh my God. Well, first of all, it's, do you remember from earlier what it is? It is a carminative, a stellar carminative that will help you to digest your pizza. <laughs> pizza is hard to digest. You yes. have to have oregano on pizza if you want to digest that dough, right? Yes. So it's, it's a carminative. It helps you to digest your your food. It helps you, it helps to increase the flow of energy um, and blood to your digestive tract. So, you know, you can eat that big old Italian meal and not fall asleep afterwards <laughs> because you had some help with it. So powerful, powerful carminative. The other thing about oregano is it's in incredibly um, antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal. And so you're, you know, our food, it has a lot of stuff in it, right? And so you, when you add that oregano to the, you know, you marry, you know, you can marinate your meat in it, you can put it in any kind of vegetable sauce, and it helps to put um, you know, pathogens in check that could possibly make you sick. And so you don't even know what illness or what cold or what whatever infection or viral, whatever you avoid when you add that oregano to your food, you're protecting yourself, right? It's one of the way, it's one of the best health proactive healthcare plans that I know of is to get the, get the, you know, oregano, herbs and spices like oregano in your food that are incredibly antimicrobial, 
so that you just avoid the sickness altogether. You know, they're incredible prevention. It's, it's, it's preventive healthcare, preventive medicine to get these herbs and spices into your food. And oregano is one of the best antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, carminative herbs that, that I know of. And then also just antioxidant. We need antioxidants. You know, we're swimming in 80,000 man-made chemicals right now. You, when, when your drink or your food or your body care product says fragrance on it or um, flavors, you know, extra flavor, it can be up to 8,000 different chemicals that they don't have to put on the label that you're being exposed to. So we are swimming in, uh, in, in seas of chemicals that cause oxidative stress, that, that damage our cells. And so, you know, we, it, it is becoming more and more and more important to make sure that we are fortifying, fortifying ourselves with antioxidants. And so what better way to do that when with every meal? You know, you put it in your food and, you know, everybody knows you're supposed to eat vegetables, you know, eat your vegetables, but we need to eat herbs. We need that basil, oregano, and thyme, and rosemary. Those are, you know, powerful antioxidants, including oregano. They help to put oxidative stress in check. And so it's, yeah, I, I love oregano. <laughs> well, I, and I think part of this, we let's touch upon this, because it's going to really open up the door for some of the other things we're going to talk about. Benny, let's go ahead and skip the break. One of the things we have to give our lineage credit for and not just my culture, but all the cultures, right? If you look at the cultures across the board, whether you're looking at indigenous people in this country, or you're looking at people from India, or you're looking at people from China, Taiwan, wherever that is, you know, or you're looking at people from the UK, from Ireland, there is something that they've learned about their food that's so very related to herbs. And you know, my best friend's Norwegian. I've learned so much about why the Norwegians use cardamom, right? Uh, and, and things like that, that are never even show up in my culture pretty much, right? My family's culture. But every region we live in, there's a history of this, right, Cami? Where the population that lives there says, if I eat this food from here, oh, I'm not going to feel good. So over thousands of years, they have perfected this, right? Yes. Now through technology, we share what they have perfected because we don't just live in a place that only has one type of food now. You can get Italian food, you can get every other food here. But if you don't know your herbs and what they could do to create vitality in your life, you're not going to really know how to be vital. So let's talk about some of the things you've discovered here. I want to go through, of course, I talked about that. Let's talk about from your perspective, are there any other that come up on the popular list for you that look, just look in your shelf, you probably have them. And then I want to talk about some of the things that are not as well known. Yeah, I mean, paprika, you know, how many people just put paprika on their deviled eggs? during the spring break right <laughs> or when potato salad you know when those when those potato salads come out during picnic season this summer paprika everybody goes to the store and gets a thing of paprika and so paprika is pretty you know 
I look in people's, uh, if I come to your house, I'm going to look inside your spice rack and people have paprika. It's just sitting there. And the thing about paprika is that it's incredible. First of all, it's a really high in vitamin C and it supports the nervous system, super high in antioxidant, right? And then also it's, it's categorized as a red food. And we know, um, you know, there's just been this big push of learning about red and blue foods and how they're cardiovascular tonics. Well, herbs fit into that category of red foods. And so, um, you know, it's, they're high flavonoid. They have their, their high, it's a high flavonoid spice that's a tonic to the heart, right? So it's tonic, it's a tonic to the capillaries, the veins, and the entire cardiovascular system. And so, you know, heart disease is a big problem in this country. And so introduce, you know, putting these red, like things like paprika into your food every day are, they're tonic. They, they're tonic to the cardiovascular system. Well, and you know, see, this is it, right? Uh, not only that, if anybody's ever used paprika in anything, it really gives a beautiful color to food. I mean, I'm just saying, right? Yes, yes it uh, does. I, I want to hop over to turmeric because uh, I don't go a single day without putting turmeric in something. And I learned this on my own healing journey from Dr. Darvish. Uh, and of course, you know, she comes from a culture that uses these spices. But turmeric... It's got to be at the top of the list, sort of, right? Yeah, turmeric, you know, 10 years ago, nobody had really even heard of turmeric unless you were were raised in a culture that used it. But now turmeric is the most Googled spice. Like it's the number one Googled spice is turmeric because it's been, it's now, it's known as the anti-inflammatory herb. And we suffer from inflammation, the, the kind of fat that we eat, the hydrogenated oils, the sugars, the processed food, they all cause inflammation in the body, inflammation and then pain. And so we have a nation of people taking turmeric for their pain and many other things, but it it really is an incredible anti-inflammatory. I try to help people look underneath the inflammation and address, you know, some of the other lifestyle things that might be contributing to the inflammation and pain. But it's, I mean, how great is that, that we have this herb that's pretty easy to grow um, that helps to reduce inflammation. It's antibacterial. It's a carminative. (laughs) And it's, you know, yeah, you can, like I said, you can put it on your eggs. You can, you can start a stir fry with it. You can everything on your rice. You know, the idea is to just get it into your diet. Everything, everything. I mean, you know, part of this is really now get it in your diet. And get it in your diet and make really great tasting food. Because I want to say that. If I don't say that, you know, this doesn't really tie the whole thing together. You know, part of what we learned from ancient cultures is they added things to food to make food taste good. Because that's part of it. At least my grandma would say that. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She wouldn't say, oh, I put this in here to make you healthy. So I put no. it in here. Delicious, right? <laughs> that's what she said. One of the other things that was a staple and... I think it's one of the most misunderstood things I'm about to say, but it's in your book. So that's why I got to bring it up. Vinegar. Which which one? Vinegar. Vinegar. Yeah. I am addicted to vinegar. I can drink straight vinegar like it's nobody's business. My friends say I'm going to hurt myself. I don't think I am. (laughs) But vinegar, tell us about vinegar. And then in the book, your recipes in here for herbal vinegar, it's like, whoa, and everything from that to a muscle rub. 
It's funny. I'm um, I'm creating a companion course for the Herbal Kitchen uh, for a video course, and um, this week we're shooting the videos on herbal vinegar. So I have been knee deep in herbal vinegars this week, and how fun is that? Oh. So the thing about herbal vinegars is that they extract minerals. You know, that's why. Have you ever heard of like when you make your um, when you make bone broth, you're supposed to put like lemon juice or vinegar in there? Oh, absolutely. Right? right? To help extract the mineral from the bones. Well, the vinegar does that also from your herbs and spices. So you, many of our common herbs are high in, you know, so like all your mints, like your, your rosemary and your oregano, they're high in magnesium and calcium. And so you can steep those herbs in the vinegar and extract those minerals. And so any, any place that you use vinegar, right, you're going to put it in your salad dressing, you're going to put it in your marinade, you're going to put it in your sauce, any place that you use vinegar, you can use herbal infused vinegar and so it's it's really i mean it's nice having vinegar around but when you have like some rosemary vinegar or thyme vinegar or you know just all the you know you can mix a bunch of herbs together and 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 when you have these um you can put uh, sage and pepper vinegar now we're talking it's now it's a it's a it's a it's a plate your kitchen becomes a playground <laughs> Oh, and you just start putting, uh, we put like dashes, we make herbal vinegars and we just put like a dash in our water or even into like your pesto or your hummus, like a little bit of herbal vinegar can brighten up even like a rice dish or a grain dish or tuna salad or chicken salad. And, and these herbal vinegars, they're carrying the medicinal properties, the carminative, the antimicrobial and the mineral, it increases the mineral density of your food when you add herbal vinegars to your food. It's really fun and it's so easy. Well, I gotta tell you, I'm gonna go to one more vinegar thing and then we're gonna go to some least less lesser known. I stopped at the Four Thieves Vinegar part oh, of the book. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and I read what you wrote on here. It says every herbalist has their own recipe for Four Thieves Vinegar. The story, uh, has it that grave, you, you go through, it's grave robbers avoided the plague by using herbal preparation that included these herbs, and you put them in here. And when I looked at this, I thought at the beginning, I was going to be like, oh, they're going to be like some strange things. They're not. Lavender, rosemary, sage, thyme, peppermint, right? right. Uh, garlic, black pepper, and vinegar. That's right. This vinegar, you know, I this I created this recipe like 20 years ago and I have so many families tell me how they use it, you know, they'll put it in their water, they'll put it in their tea, they put it in their food, their salad dressings and they the colds have just you know, those colds, those two or three colds that used to come every winter just don't come anymore. And if you feel like you've got something coming on, you these herbs, you know, these lavender, rosemary, sage, thyme, these herbs, you know, we of course, the, the flavor is just incredible that we create with these herbs. But I don't think people really realize how antimicrobial these plants are. They, they stop colds. They stop flus. They, they're, they are cold and flu prevention medicine. This is the beauty of kitchen medicine. Your common herbs and spices are medicinal. Wow. All right. So in the time we have left, here's what I want to go to. I want to <laughs> go to your favorites and, and the accompanying, let's call it recipe, uh, because there's so much in the book. I mean, what I loved about this was being able to go through here and not just find marinades for meat, but also so many things 
right, that we now look at. Everything from energizer oil, you know, to so many other aspects of things that we can put on food. What is it or is there something in the book that is starting to pick up steam that five years ago, nobody would have even known what you were talking about? And it doesn't have to be an herb. It could be some other some other oil or something in the book. Okay, so here's the most simple thing that has that has gained so much traction that I have gotten more feedback than about than anything in the book. And that is the herbal sprinkles. So here's what you do. You know, you have all those herbs and spices in your cabinet. What you do is you get a lazy Susan, right? Find a lazy Susan that you like put it right in the middle of your kitchen table and bring out your three favorite spices and put them on the table. Even if it's like paprika, cinnamon, and dry ginger and just put those. And then, you know, I also, of course, I have a whole recipe, a whole chapter on recipes for different herbal spice blends and sprinkles, but just start with your favorite ones. Like even if it's cinnamon and cardamom and put it on the table. And the idea is that you want to start changing the culinary culture in your kitchen. You put them on the table and people go, what's that? Hmm, what's that? Where I put it here? And then the kids learn that no, cinnamon does not go in soup, right? And you and people around you start to learn about the herbs without you like, you know, cramming it down their throat. Learn about this. This is no, they're on the table, they're in cute little dispensers, and then people start putting them on their food. My family, they put they, this, the lazy Susan goes round and round at the beginning of the meal. We're garnishing with all kinds of herbs and spices. And that is one of the best, I call it spice rack hacks that, again, like I said, I have had so many moms tell me like, oh my gosh, now our neighbors have lazy Susans and all the kids, they get the beginning of the meal, they get the cinnamon and they put the cinnamon on their oatmeal. Yeah. And you you empower the people in your household to to put the herbs in their food themselves. And it is it is such a simple thing, but you know, it's not just you in the background making, you know, trying to make everybody well. You are educating the next generation to use herbs and spices to take care of themselves because they learn what they like. It becomes a sensory experience. They expand their, their flavor scape of what they can handle, you know, because they, they get experimental. So putting the spices on your kitchen table is it's one of the best things you can do to to really you know just because just because you're interested in the herbs doesn't mean everybody around you is but that's something you can do to really get the people with you on board on board in learning about herbs and spices in their food okay i want to go to something i know we got about four minutes left three minutes i got to talk about what most people don't necessarily know about they heard about it they mispronounce it, and yet it has made a big section of your book. Herbal ghee. G-H-E-E. -E. Some people say ghee. Some people say G. Some people don't know how to say it. But they started to look for it in their stores. Yeah, so the thing about herbal ghee is it's becoming more popularized because so many people are lactose intolerant. And a lot of people, you know, they can't eat butter and milk and all that anymore. And for ghee... The um, milk solids have been uh, processed, have been cooked out. And so it's really, it's first of all, it's so delicious. It's a great mm -hmm. form of fat that you, that's anti-inflammatory that a lot of people that are lactose intolerant can um, eat. And it's, you know, you can use anywhere that you use butter or any kind of fat, you can use ghee instead. And I have an entire chapter on herbal ghees, like yeah. how to infuse your ghee 
with herbs so that any, you know, we use fat, right? We use fat almost at every meal. And so whatever fat you use, infuse it with herbs, whether it be olive oil or ghee or butter. But yeah, the ghee is, um, is becoming more popular for that reason. And it also, I think, is <laughs> so much tastier than butter. <laughs> it is. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> I, 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 so one of the things in the book that I'm going to do with Linda is I went to this section because first of all, it is one of the forms of, of, uh, of butter that I, I'm able to have. But the other thing is the way you've taken us through this, the sautés that you have and the, definitely the sauté key with what? Oregano, sage, thyme, cumin, paprika, that one. But the other thing that I looked in here and I said, oh, Linda is going to love this one. Turmeric, cinnamon, ginger, cardamom. I did mention cardamom. But, you know, as I look through the book, the book is filled with this. And one of the things we didn't talk about, but you can figure it out, is how to take these items and create delicious pestos. And to make this a, a completely easy way to elevate a, the way we eat food. Right. Wow. Yeah. You want, you want, you want a carminative. You just, just take that away. A carminative at every meal. What's the dosage? What's the dosage, the herb dosage at the, at your next meal? You know, what's the herb quotient at your next meal? And just make sure that you are getting a carminative at every single meal, even if it's just black pepper. Yeah. So yesterday we put the herbs in the garden, in the garden box. Uh, we put the oregano, we put the basil, we even put the Thai basil, we put the parsley, we put the cilantro, we put the peppermint. And so I thought about you. Thank you for today. Uh, one last question. What is your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Oh, just allow yourself to fall in love with the plants again. Bring them, bring them in, in, into your life in a way that's pleasing to you, that feels good to you. And let yourself just fall. If you let yourself fall in love with one or two or three of the herbs and spices and just use them and get to know them and bring the plants back into your everyday life. Wow. Cami, website one more time, please. Yeah, so um, turmericsessions.com uh, slash free gift. I've, I've created a little e-course that'll take you through all of like how to use and how not to use turmeric and cammymcbride.com. I love it. I'm Dr. Pat. And by the way, we are not done. For those of you that listen to us on our AM and our cable radio stations, you're going to have to hop over to transformationtalkradio.com because right there, we're going to be talking about the path of the wave shower. Everybody, we'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.